0: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oakes, And I'm Connor Oaks. So, Connor, let's remind folks what this show is all about the top legal stories of the week. Uh, we've got uh, too many lawyers in the society, or too many judges, too many legislators. And you know, it doesn't matter whether you're on the left or the right, every day brings examples. Of stuff that pisses you off about Absolutely. a lawyer that took a ridiculous position. Maybe he's a libertarian, maybe he's a progressive, but there are so many lawyers and judges and legislators every single day. Everybody who you get annoyed at in the news
1: turns out to accidentally be a lawyer. How does that always turn out yeah. to be the case?
0: What a coinky dinky. So, who are we? Well, we're legal analysts, lawyers. I'm a uh, boomer libertarian. Connor is a millennial progressive. And uh, we try to work our way through these issues uh, with respect, without food fights. So, uh, three stories. Uh, As always, top story. Capital punishment. Is it about law or is it about politics? The Biden administration doesn't seem to like killing people. Weird. We'll find out why. Uh, Secondly, should candidates have to disclose their taxes? It seems like an invasion of privacy, doesn't it? What's next? Their medical records and their diaries? Sure, their diaries would give the best evidence. To voters as to whether they suck or not. So why not force people to produce their diaries? Love it. We're going to get into the Larry Elder story. And finally, are inflatable rats legal? You're going to want to hang on for this last story. Also, in our bonus round at the end of the uh, program, our final segment, a human interest story about the Olympics going on right now. The no-sex beds provided to the athletes in the Olympics. (laughs) And last but least, our favorite feature, Guess the Verdict, where Connor will go on the line and try to guess the outcome of a court case involving in this week, this week, a coerced coercion involving a Xerox machine. Mm. So all of that coming up on Too Many Lawyers. Before we hit uh, the death penalty story, though, from the uh, ridiculous to the sublime, I want to talk about Ted Lasso. Now, I haven't seen the first episode Ah. of the new season, but I'm really looking forward to it. But there's a lot of excitement over this show about a genuinely decent, empathetic guy. And it's almost like Vanity Fair had an article... About, you know, everything about Ted Lasso should settle off alarms. He's too nice, too folksy, too earnest. He can't possibly be authentic.
1: Isn't this a little cynical, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. The point people want after a very... Vanity Fair puts the dick in ridiculous. (laughs) A very stressful year. People want a show about nice people. Yeah, that makes sense to mm-hmm. me. I don't need to see Game of Thrones right now. I don't need to see insane politics or people getting killed. I see all that Although, on MSNBC. The Game of Thrones gal, this is pretty hot. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, you didn't specify there's about 150, but it's actually uh, true. The main
0: blonde gal okay, who okay, I'm thinking you. of. Got I mean, you.
1: there were a few brunettes in there, but sure. they were like extras. Good to know. Maybe a little bit too much about my dad's preferences. That's fine.
0: That's perhaps, fine. perhaps. Okay, so we've settled the uh, Jason Sudeikis issue. Let's get to the business at hand, death penalty. Um, So Attorney General Garland has doubled down on the Harris-Biden administration's objection to capital punishment. Uh, Early um, this month, July 2021, uh, the AG said, look, we're having a moratorium on federal executions. Let's study this thing. He's worried that there's a disparate impact on people of color, so no executions will be held at the federal level. Now, in the seven Federal cases where the death penalty was being sought by prosecutors, uh, the president has told the Department of Justice, just do not, do not seek it. Here's my problem, Connor. If the if capital punishment is bad, let's get rid of it. If racism infects the judicial system, whether it's oh let's arrest that guy because he's black, or let's prosecute him because he's black, or let's vote guilty because he's black, or let's impose the death penalty, let's somehow root out the racism. But You know, the voters have decided that capital punishment is the law. California voters, in spite of the fact we're a deep blue state, they keep uh, re-upping in favor of capital punishment. So where do politicians get the idea that they can spit in the idea of the voters?
1: I mean, look, you're right that capital punishment is popular. Overall, it tops 50. not as much as it used to. It used to be 75 percent most of my life. Now I think it's yeah. in the fifties. Yeah, it's in the fifties, but it's still <clears throat> that's still the majority of the population, right? right. We, and and what are we but a democracy? Uh, but oh, well, we actually are a representative. Yeah, right? we're not really a republic. Yeah, exactly. Thank God but, for the Constitution. Uh, yeah, but we we. We don't always make the decision that, uh, that the majority of people... Oh, you want to talk May. about that whole thank God for the Constitution thing, don't you? But we uh, can't because it's not on the list of topics today. Oh, wow. I, interesting. Um, if only we just had infinite time because it's a podcast and we could go as long as we wanted. But that's tragically not true. Um, so I think if we zoom out and we look at what the Biden administration's uh, position on the death penalty actually is... We see that it's a little more complicated than the the story that while well, the Biden administration just kind of wants to shut it down and is telling people not to do it, um, the federal death penalty, which the Department of Justice is in charge of, uh, has been used like three times in the last decade. Right? It's very rare, and then. Well, well, it, was, it, actually, it was very it actually, rare. It actually, until, uh, and I can give you the
0: exact uh, figures on that. For 17 years recently, there were no, zero federal executions. Right, then exactly. Attorney General Barr under Trump right. last year in 2020 reinstated the executions the list, and yeah. 13 were executed. The last so, six months. So, so in, those are the details. In
1: 50 years, we executed three people. And then in six months, we executed Trump like, really 13. turned it around, didn't he? Yeah. Trump and Barr said, hey- we're really behind on this, and we just like killing people. So, so let's that's the get bar on Trump it. administration right. we're talking exactly. about. Exactly, and so we have to look at anything that Biden does in comparison to that. Biden's Department of Justice is to is is stepping in to say that is no longer going to be the case. We're no longer going to do what Trump did and execute people based on the federal death penalty. You know, federal death row, right? Um, uh, I would say, willy-nilly would would be a good encapsulation of Trump's policy. Um, on the other hand, the Biden administration's uh, justice department um, said this last week, I believe, that um, Sarnaev, the uh, Boston bomber who had had his uh, death penalty conviction thrown out on jury selection procedural grounds, they said, look, Let's not—that uh, was wrong. Uh, let's not get this process derailed. Let's get this case back on track for a what they called a just resolution, right. which is a death penalty case. So the Justice Department under Biden is saying, let's go, let's move forward, let's move towards executing Sarnayev. I mean— that's not an anti—that's not like a, you know, back in California, what, what was her name? Supreme Court justice who just didn't like the death penalty. Roseburg, or, or, right. Yeah, right. That's not a, just dodging every uh, death penalty on procedural grounds. But it is saying the last six months of the Biden administration were buck wild. We killed 13 people. Maybe, maybe we should be slowing the that Trump down. Trump administration. Yeah, exactly. sorry, the, the Trump administration. Maybe we should be slowing that down. And so I think that this is a, a changing uh, of the course a, a lot of progress progressives would like Biden to come in and say, look, I know that there's law and there's politics, but they're really the same thing. So how about we just say, politics are better if we end the death penalty or slow down the death penalty dramatically and save it for people like well, the Boston be bomber. Right. You may be right. I, I may be too hard on the Biden administration. Maybe they're, they're being very thoughtful
0: about this. But overall, it's troublesome to me because you alluded to the Rosebud situation. Yeah. And uh, for those uh, people who are uh, under 95 years old— uh Rose Bird was Chief Justice of the California Supreme Court, appointed right. by Governor Jerry Brown in his first time around as governor of California. Very thoughtful, interesting idea. He picked somebody who'd never been a judge before. And why shouldn't she be the Chief Justice of the California Supreme Court? Not give her a few years to kind of get into the job sure, as an sure. associate justice. She's the boss. And the voters did not like the fact that, although capital punishment was legal on 55 straight cases, doggone it, Rose was so good at picking out flaws in the record, she voted against the death penalty 55 straight times, never saying, you know, folks, I just think it's morally wrong, always saying there's a good legal excuse and and people got fed up and they removed her from office. They recalled her as, you know, their folks are thinking about in terms of uh, Gavin Newsom. So she's the poster child for that. But now... It, maybe Biden is thoughtful, but what about Governor Newsom? He has said, not on my watch, there shall be no, no executions. And it's like, well, I went to a shop at Walmart and I couldn't find the drug cocktail. You know, I found the anesthetic, but not the thing that stops the heart. Like they couldn't find the drug cocktail if they really tried. What about District Attorney Gascon in, in Los Angeles County? He right. has told his... His prosecutors, absolutely no death penalty charges. Yeah. Any case, you could have Charlie Manson and Ted Bundy's love child. were not going to charge them right. with the death penalty, even though, oh, Mr. D.A., yeah. the voters like it. Yes. Okay, you you serve at the pleasure
1: of the voters, and they're trying to get rid of him as well. So I just think that— Well, they're not going to be successful in getting rid of Gascon, they're not going to get rid of Newsom either. They're an enormously successful politician, uh, Newsom is, and Gascon is— uh, Doing very well, and people are generally happy with him. The Some people agree with conservatives you. Conservatives just prefer to be in the minority, and three people in Rosita agree with you. Yanking those are the ones. Out. You know, people like to. You, you know,
0: don't think Gascon is in in,
1: at in risk danger of his no, job? He's, I don't think. Okay, he's in well, danger. we'll just have to see. We will just have to see. You're absolutely right. I mean, that, it's all up in the air. I, this is my suspicion about how these things go. I don't know the answers. It's not like I, you know, have done the polling and can tell you Gascon's job is safe, but. The if you idea, knew the
0: future, you wouldn't be fussing with a podcast now, would you? That's a good point. You'd
1: be at the racetrack. I, w- I would. So the uh, the idea that uh uh um yeah, the idea that I'd be at this podcast instead of cheering on <laughs> Sea Biscuit if I knew Yeah. No, no, the the idea that um you know the public wants the death penalty. The public says if you ask random Joes on the street, Joes and Janes on the street until you get a representative slice of the, po- of the population and they say 55% of them, which is a close you know, issue, uh, 55% of them say, yeah, I want, um, I, want the, I, I want the death penalty for the, the absolute worst criminals. And then you go to somebody like the DA in, in, in Gascon uh, or the governor of California or a bunch of legal scholars and you say, hey, how do we do the death penalty right? How do we make sure it's reserved for the, only the worst people? How do we make sure that there are no, literally no, false, you know, uh, positives and bad convictions? And they go, oh, you just can't do it. You you just can't do it. It's it's actually impossible. There will you will execute innocent people if you have a policy that you know uh, issues parking tickets. You will issue parking sure. tickets to people whose cars do not deserve them. It's, it's inevitable. Just, it's inevitable. It's hundred percent going to happen. And everybody's sitting around scratching their heads, going, okay, I get that the voters want it, but how do we do it right? We can't right now we don't have an answer for that we don't even have an answer for how do we do it right kinda we can't even say how do we minimize false positives and we certainly can't say if we look at the the reality of the situation we say a lot of the false positives are concentrated in racial minorities. That's a huge problem. How do we solve that problem and literally no one has an answer to that so even if the voters want it yeah the voters might want flying cities too. Right, but if you explain to them how expensive it is to launch the city into the sky and such that it flies, they might go, Oh,
0: I guess maybe You're gonna have to help me on this. Maybe it's you know, not I idea. know there's a little chasm between the the millennial and the boomer thing going on here. Connor, yeah. I have never in my life heard the phrase flying cities. I've heard of flying cars. Right. <laughs> I know they in New Hampshire put a dome over a city. You know how cold it can get in New Hampshire That's in the winter? A good point. It's like a five block square block I saw city. They, Yeah, They right. put a yeah, a dome on it. Flying cities? Whoever thought of flying cities? Is that really a thing that I just haven't heard of, or do you just make it up? So
1: in Star Wars, there's Cloud City, uh, which is where uh, Lando Calrissian comes from. Oh, and I, I know where the cloud. Famously- That's where all my data are. Correct. And Luke Skywalker loses his hand up there. So it's Yikes. an iconic piece of 70s sci-fi tech, okay, so which I just, I, you know, I'm a little
0: stuck on. I I'm guess. just not familiar with all that stuff. Well, I get what you're saying. And you know, now that you think of, you mentioned it, oh, what could be more horrendous than a mistaken execution? Well, almost as horrendous, like the guy who was in, in prison for 23 years and they just let him out, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, tragic. horrible, horrible. But when you think about it, that's a risk too. And that gets us to defund the police. I, I'm I'm beginning to come over to the side. Literally if we were to defund the police, yes. there would be no arrest, yes. there will be no prisons, absolutely. and nobody will be convicted
1: nobody unfairly. Nobody will be convicted, Okay, absolutely. so we're
0: going to get into that. Literally um, abolish prison. When we come back, should candidates have to disclose uh, their taxes? And we're going to talk about my close personal friend, Larry Elder. He's not really my close personal friend, but I like to say he is. <laughs> Uh, and in the meantime, Connor's going to tell you how to rate and subscribe to this podcast. And perhaps you could follow in the footsteps, ladies and gentlemen, of Johnny Rowe, yeah. who put up a
1: wonderful, wonderful, nearly We've perfect reviewed. review. <laughs> what's we the, what's really the story? It. Yeah, uh, we really love and read. And I, as you can tell, we read every single review. We really appreciate it. Um, it, it means a lot. It means there's people out there actually care enough to, to, to check in and post something. So if you like our show... Head to Podcast Addict, head to Stitcher, head to Spotify, head to Apple Podcasts is the big one. If you're using an iPhone, which you are uh, numerically, uh, you're using Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We really, really appreciate it. So would the Uh, numbers
0: be zeros and ones?
1: What, like? You said if you are using an iPhone
0: numerically, I'm I'm asking if the numbers would be zeros and ones to show that I kind of know how computers work. You sure do. (laughs) Okay, you've gotten the message. We'll be right back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Conor We're talking about whether candidates should have to disclose their taxes. And of course, yeah. there's a big deal with Donald Trump. My close personal friend, Larry Elder, a libertarian. I guess he's a Republican now. He's running for governor. Nationally syndicated radio host. Uh, uh, he was on KBC for many years and... Uh, And now he's syndicated nationally. And I I kind of know him, uh, Connor, because I've actually been on with Larry a time or two over the years. Yeah, once or twice. As I understand it, uh, because I was an ABC News legal analyst, people would say, hey, Larry, here's a legal story. You should have Royal on. And he'd say no. And then a year or two later, Larry, you should have Royal on because, you know, he's been talking about Bill Cosby and so on. He'd say no. And finally, the pressure was so intense, he had me on. So bottom line is Larry and I have hung out on the radio. Nice. So Larry. I don't know if that's exactly how it went down, but okay. Close. So Larry Elder uh, wants to run for governor. And here's what happens when you run for governor in California because of a new law that does not apply at the federal level. The court said, no way. You can't do that. Uh, The California legislature does not have a right to force you to produce your tax returns if you're running for a federal office. But they do have a right to force candidates in uh, final elections, uh, non-primary elections, And and there's some other details that aren't uh, terribly uh, helpful or important. Bottom line is you got to hand it to the Secretary of State. Two things. Number one. Here are my taxes for the last five years, every shred of information of my taxes. And number two, you have to hand in a sanitized or cleaned up or redacted copy with your address taken out and your social security number yeah. taken yeah. out because that should
1: not get published right. to, to the uh, to the folks. We don't need that much yeah. identity theft yeah. happening.
0: Now, uh, allegedly, Larry messed up, and he either redacted a little too much or too little. He messed up somehow on the redaction. So the Secretary of State, instead of saying, oh, Mr. Elder, you made a mistake. There's still a little time. Please fix this, that, and the other, and everything will be okay. Okay. Instead, they just said, screw you, Larry. You're not on the ballot. Whoa! So he files a lawsuit yeah. like a week ago, Sunday. He, has yeah. to, he goes into court on Sunday, Sacramento Superior Court. And on Wednesday, three days later, the judge rules in favor of Larry and wow. says, you know, the, the rule is they're supposed to cut you some sl- sure. slack. Stack, yeah. you know, they should let you know, hey, you need to fix this. So it's not yeah. like you missed the statute of limitations. You absolutely did. So that's great for Larry. And, and good luck to him. He's going to be actually in a debate at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library on August four. It's going to be televised at least in Los Angeles with four or five other Republican candidates uh, who want to replace Gavin Newsom. So the, the the bigger issue, though, is really should people have to hand over their taxes? And obviously, everybody wants to know about Donald Trump, and he's kind of a special, unique case in light of all the speculation that he's you know, lying like a rug about how much money he has. Right. Do you think it's it's fair? I mean, if you were running for office, do you think it would be appropriate for people to demand that Connor hand over his taxes for the last five years? Yeah,
1: it might be an uncomfortable uh, position to be put in. But when you're trying to be an elected official, you're putting yourself into that position. You're putting all this out there at issue. And that's, you know... I can see the importance of it, but what about the medical
0: make. records issue? Arguably, medical records would be even more important than one. How much did this rich businessman make? Did he make 500000 last year or oh, $2 I disagree. Million?
1: I, disagree. I, I think that you've got a chain of command. Um, such that if somebody is, is ill or incapacitated or dead, uh, the, you know, the, the next person down the chain, the vice president takes over. And that's honestly less important to me than knowing whether this person uh, has lied and cheated and stole uh, and from the federal government in on their taxes or uh, is in the pocket of some, you know, big business or Russian oligarchs or, or whoever else that might be running, uh, running their political career. I mean, I, I think that health records, medical records, are a debatable topic. I think that that's something where we really can go back and forth and say, does it hurt America to have a president who is ill uh, or dies in office? Uh, does it, does it make our country somehow weaker or vulnerable? Um, I don't think it does, but but maybe there's an argument that the, that uh, it does. Um, the financial records, financial records are an excellent window into who this person is, how they got their money, what their motivations might be. Those are important factors, and when they're making big political decisions on my behalf, whether they drop dead tomorrow, we can't really stop that. You right. know, people just drop dead all the time. Unfortunately, it just happens. I mean, everybody eventually horrifyingly so like you gotta just sort of you know roll with the punches on that front right. in my mind you know
0: I, I guess one thing that troubles me is that when you look at the quality of people we have in uh, legislative offices extremely it's a little discouraging and I think there are reasons they are all lawyers we're not getting the best yeah that's true uh, too many lawyers yeah I think there's a reason we're not getting the, the, the best people and you know it's, everything is a two-edged sword but for example, Um, folks can make a lot more money in private industry. Yeah. And so you don't get people who are unwilling to give up you know, the nice, bigger salaries. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's just a death sport, politics, is you're put under a microscope and you're just skinned alive by your enemies, yeah. often in an unfair way, invading privacy. And yeah. look at poor Katie Hill. She can't even have sex with a couple of folks who so she's not married with uh, enjoying a, a bong full of marijuana without the- the In 2021. P- the
1: pictures causing her to
0: lose her office. Yeah.
1: Okay. Of course, so- if she was a Republican, they would have like given her a committee chairmanship or something. Matt <laughs> Gates is still in the Senate, but okay he had sex with 17 year olds whatever
0: yeah so so you've got all these these reasons why you know arguably better qualified people aren't willing to get into public office if you add I'm not on top exactly of that interested, and you know I'm the so, highest quality
1: person of all time
0: <laughs> yes but if you add on top of that the fact okay you got to disclose your taxes too I mean don't you worry that at some point we plus oh by the way if you get really good at your job and you're about to be on the the brink of of leadership yeah you can't run anymore. You've had your three terms of two years in the assembly. You've had two terms of four years in the state uh, state Senate. Just go do something else. Right. I mean, aren't we erecting
1: barriers, uh, at- to stop the very
0: best people from helping to run our lives?
1: I mean, you're right that we do, that we do have an incentives problem in politics, that it is a terrible situation that, that only crazy people sign up for, largely. You need to be some sort of absolute true believer, right? You need to really, really, really care about helping people in order to, to sign up for this. Or you need to be the evil, devious kind of person who wants to use this, this process, the government, to your advantage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is a huge problem but there's no solution to it that that we've ever, you know, discovered. Horrifyingly, the kind of person who wants to be uh, in elected office probably shouldn't be allowed to most of the time. But we don't have an answer to that. And instead, we we can, you know, draw an analogy to like corporate uh, the corporate world, right? And we can say is it is there a, is there a, a better incentive structure? Yeah, because we hand out money like crazy to the C-suite, right? And we just have have infinite uh, dollars uh, the, to th- to throw at them because of because the nature not, of not capitalism. all of
0: the two trillion dollars the Harris Biden administration is kicking out the door goes to the C suite. Matter of fact, if I'm going to check my
1: list, oh, none of it went to the C suite. Sure, it went but, to the folks. Uh, sure, and that's good. The well, voters, hey, the future I mean, voters. I, I hear you, Democrat but, voters. But like, what about all the PPP loans that the business owners took? Okay, will that never have point. to pay back and t- hundreds of millions of dollars. But but the 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 problem here is. The solution might be to oh, how do we make government look more like a corporation? But you have to yeah. decide what your uh, what your corporation's like goals are, right? And as soon as you say to the uh, the board of directors, uh, your job is no longer to maximize profit for the shareholders. It is now instead to maximize well being. Well, okay. Well, if we're not maximizing profit, then we don't have infinite money to throw around. And if we're not maximizing profit, then it's really hard to quantify something like maximizing well-being for a society. Like, how do you make a society better? And boom, we're back in the world that we're in right now. A bunch of people who don't know what they're supposed to be doing in government and aren't getting paid that well. And the solution to this, I I don't think a conservative or a libertarian would say the solution to this is pay those damn bureaucrats in government more money like they'd say it's, it's less right so none of us has an answer has a solution to this problem and you're right it is a big problem well you make good points
0: although i will correct one thing we do have infinite money because all we have to do is print it and in the money we, machine and we do when we come back the question that's on everybody's mind are inflatable rats legal it's on my mind we will answer that question when we return on too many lawyers this is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy and I'm Connor. So, are inflatable rats legal? Seems like a provocative question. Uh, let's talk about labor-management clash. Labor hates it when companies don't hire union labor. Are we in agreement on that, Connor? Yes. Companies don't want to hire union labor in many cases. That's Accurate. just the way it is. That's the clash. Sure. So sometimes labor wants to boycott companies, right. that do business with non-labor companies to punish these companies to discourage that behavior. That's called a secondary boycott, where you are acting against not the person who won't deal with unions, but you're dealing with a company that hires vendors that won't deal with unions. Now, secondary boycotts are illegal under federal law. Enter the inflatable rat. In Indiana recently, a union wanted to publicly shame a company for dealing with non-union contractors. So they erected a 12-foot tall rat with red eyes and fangs, very scary, And a banner said, uh, Lippert Components Harbors Rat Contractors. In other words, they did business
1: with contractors that don't use labor, uh, union labor. So, uh, As a little history, uh, the the rat originated in 1989. Um, The rat's name is Scabby. It's Scabby the rat.
0: So the rat is a millennial.
1: Exactly. The the rat was born the same year uh, that I was. Um, So this... uh, <laughs> this rat was placed on top of a, a of a yellow a vehicle labeled Local 150 and said Rat Patrol, and they would drive the yellow uh, sedan uh, around um, to to Shampi. Clever, yeah. So on July 21, the
0: National Labor Relations Board has just ruled it's okay to use the inflatable rat. Now, mm-hmm. you say, well, gee, but I thought you couldn't have a secondary boycott where you're moving against uh, the companies that hire the non-union contractors. Well, the NLRB said it's a protected form of expression. They said scabby the rat has been used you know, for 30 years, as you say. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this picketing is still illegal as a secondary boycott, blocking people from entering the businesses is illegal,
1: right? So you think, so guy it's, and you a think rat it's
0: okay to, to let the? I thought it was inflatable.
1: It you, is. You want so, to put a guy in the rat? Well, originally, guy in a rat was uh, costume was the problem, no. and then they said, no, that's too much like picketing, uh, and there were rules about this about how you know you might it's somehow oppressive uh, to have a guy in a rat costume, and so they said, okay, well, what if we just put up an inflatable rat? And they said that's fine. So yeah, this has been a the scourge of uh, of, of labor. Because nobody likes having a giant inflatable rat with red eyes and fangs out front of their. Um, <laughs> I thought any publicity is good publicity. Uh, uh, Scabby Not. Scabby appeared in a 2002 <laughs> episode of The Sopranos. Really? Which, yes. So I mean, that's we are at this point, the showbiz baby, right? Like this is a this is absolutely twelve, the 13, 14 years on. At that point, it has established itself as a, a meaningful symbol um, that you know you get. You, you get a lot of like you, you want the public to understand what you're saying when you put up a giant rat. You don't, don't want them to just it's kind of a fine line to walk because you want them to say, oh, my gosh, what's this giant rat? But you also want them to get uh, this is a labor dispute and the yeah. business that they're protesting and stuff because if you just get too used to it, it's like horns honking in New York. Right. Like nobody thinks somebody, you know, is <laughs> irrelevant. Any, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It's
0: annoying, but but irrelevant. Yeah. So, you know, I'd forgotten about the Scabby, uh, the rat being in. The Sopranos, as I recall, remember the very cryptic uh, ending to the finale of The yeah. Sopranos. What yeah. what really happened? Right, as I right, recall, right. Scabby was chewing at Tony's ankle, and mm-hmm. you don't know how long he's going to chew. Yeah. Fade to black. Fade. And Fade. everybody's been talking about it since. Absolutely, absolutely. Or, or some, I've forgotten exactly. Yeah, how, I mean, this how, is how
1: a this is a real question. A big picture. If you just zoom out and you think bigger than just rats, how much should we be telling uh, labor or capital? That they should conduct themselves in public a certain way in order to control how much power they have. because that's the idea, right? They thought the thought is scabby the rat might be too much power. It might be that the public will be too repulsed by some sort of big gross image and just jump on the bandwagon. Right. And think, I'm they're correct. The interesting part about that is that you know, why is it that one side, the the labor union, uh, is is you know, being controlled in this way. Now, I'm not, I don't think there's a devious conspiracy. I just think that companies have decided that it's not in their interest to sort of get down and dirty in labor disputes and, and to look like, you know, in public, like they're trying to vilify uh, the labor activists. They do stuff like that. They ruin labor activists' lives. They get them fired. Uh, they, they bust up unions. Uh, they, they do all this stuff, but it's not exactly the same. Wouldn't we rather... Encourage the labor union style uh, dispute, where uh, the labor union style of 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 attack, where they put up a giant inflatable rat. Like, isn't that the sort of way that we get the public involved? We say there's a labor dispute here. We're trying to say they're the bad guys, and you should side with us because labor is the good guys. That puts it all out there. All the cards are on the table. Everybody gets it. Big inflatable rat. I know what's going on. Yeah, if well, instead, it is, it, you're working in the background to bust up labor unions and collect you know, uh, union formation ballots at shady locations like Amazon, like that's not the way we want. It is want. a tough problem because
0: it, there isn't a clear distinction, I think, between, on the one hand, Scabby the Rat and an Inflatable Rat as opposed to picketing. Now, mm-hmm. picketing is illegal. Scabby's okay. Right. You know, what's what's the, the logic there? I, I yeah. will say, though, I, I resent... Uh, you making you know a really thoughtful, valid point in contrast to my dopey Tony Soprano joke. <laughs> So I, I'm, it'll take me a while to get over that. Uh, finally, uh, Conrad's promised uh, our human interest story, the no-sex Olympic beds. Now, uh, we've been watching the Olympics lately. I think lawyers dreamed up this rule to reduce yep. Olympic sex litigation. Lawyers
1: are a sexless bunch. We're just like Ken dolls down there.
0: The Tokyo Olympic Village quarters for the athletes have beds made of cardboard. And the suspicion is they were made that way to reduce the chance of the athletes having sex with each other. Oh, yeah. You it's know, th- explicit. Things, things get out of hand. It collapses, you tweak a knee, you're out of the games. Um, So as a matter of fact, uh, during the- This is
1: a COVID uh, precaution, right? The idea is that we the the Olympic Village is this disgusting bacchanal of- of Well,
0: and five years ago in Rio, the Olympic Village had vending machines stocked with condoms. 450,000 condoms were provided. But for the Tokyo Olympics, only 150,000 condoms are being provided for the athletes. And only as a parting gift. To, to avoid yeah. promoting sex yeah. within the village amid coronavirus Which is concerns. just
1: insane, like, abstinence-only education nonsense. The idea that, like, a bunch of people might show up expecting there to be condoms, and yeah. then there aren't, and then they're surrounded by a bunch of other attractive people, and you're like, I'm sure they'll make the right choices. Well, the por- <laughs> Yeah, well, the <laughs> parting gift makes no sense, because, you know, the Olympic Games go on for weeks. It's
0: like you're on a game show. Oh, too bad. You, you knocked down the pole vault bar. Well, right. we've got some lovely parting gifts. Johnny, what do they win? A gross of condoms, Biff. Now get out of here! Yeah, before
1: you have sex with anybody. Out of sadness,
0: you know, I was watching the Olympics last night, and there's skateboarding, and I'm thinking, well, I know I'm kind of old-fashioned,
1: but yeah, it's brand you know, new. It's the was... debut of a new sport. Pretty I cool. know,
0: but I mean, when I see films of skateboarding, it's always a pe- with te- people's teeth flying out of their head. <laughs> That's and there the were some, best. and about every second or third gal last night. Yeah. and I only saw the women
1: skateboarding.
0: Uh, they're falling down, and the announcer yeah. Tony Hawk. Oh my gosh, she didn't stick the landing, or right. Whatever. I mean, it is. The,
1: it, it's a it's a high risk. Like you have yeah. to take risky, uh, you know, high probability of failure. Um, tricks in order to score big points. It's not, it's a lot less like at this point in the evolution of skateboarding, maybe things will change, but probably not. It's just probably the nature of skateboarding. It's not like ice skating where 99.9% of the time they land the trick. It's a rarity when they crash. It's much more like, okay, and that the scoring reflects that in skateboarding. You get to Uh, attempt a bunch of tricks and get low scores for crashing or uh, or doing badly but then if you land the trick later in the session you get to overwrite your old score Uh so you end up with your best few tricks that you did land this at least is in vert uh, sorry in street vert is a little different there's half pipes and, and then so there's also park I think is, is the other kind, and that's kind of a mixture. It's more vertical, but still not in a half pipe. So, yeah, the different scoring systems for different styles of skateboarding. But overall, yeah, you're gonna see some, you're gonna see some, a few, a, a few bit crashes. dangerous. It's fun. Of
0: course, skiing's dangerous too. True. So, speaking of scoring uh, high here, uh, th- it's time for America's favorite uh, game show, Guess the Verdict, Ooh, okay. S- starring Connor okay. a- as, as always the contestant. Get it. Always get it, I'll always get it. So, uh, I'm gonna give the facts of a case to Connor. He's gonna try to guess the outcome. Uh, This involves a coerced uh, confession using a Xerox machine. So here are the facts. A couple of San Diego police officers have a suspect sit down next to a Xerox machine. Mm -hmm. They tell him it's a lie detector machine. They put a metal salad bowl on his head and wire the bowl to the Xerox machine. Then they put a piece of paper in the copy machine that reads, he's lying. Every time the suspect answers a question, a cop presses the button on the machine and out pops a Xeroxed copy of He's Lying. They show him the piece of paper Amazing. and he confesses. Now, there was no you know, physical abuse here. Right. This is just the cops being kind of clever. And he is convicted based on the strength of his conviction. Uh, his, clever, yeah. his clever defense lawyer takes it up to the court of appeal. Here's the question, Connor, who wins
1: at the appellate level? Great question. Guilty or not guilty? I think... The cops. I think the appellate judge decides the cops are out of line because the idea of telling the person, "Look, we've got some sort of technological wonder device here, lie detector that um, it's kind of a fib. Yeah that that is going to prove you um, uh, are are lying. It, you're 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 placing this person in such an incredibly Bad coercive position that say that they're not uh, guilty. We have to think of this. You know, the the danger is to people who are innocent, right? Um, and and who are being coerced. If this person is being coerced and you really didn't do it, and they say you've got to take this this deal and confess, and we'll go easy on you, and we'll tell the prosecutor you complied, and you'll get fewer uh, years or months in prison, and it's a better decision. And your ju- your uh, lawyer, who's a your public defender, who's who's screwing up by letting you um, uh, be. Uh, uh, interrogated at all but if he exists uh, is in the room uh, or is not in the room but when you talk to him says um Oh yeah, you should probably take the deal because I have 350 cases. I don't even know the details of your case, and I'm sure you did it because all my clients are guilty. Blah blah blah. Um, and mm-hmm. in Makes this horrible sound like situation, the guy from my cousin Vinny, right? It's a terrible situation for people who are. I mean, not that the public defenders are bad. This is just the the nature of the of the business is that everything resolves in a plea, and so that's funny. You, you made have, them sound bad in that in I, that example. I, I did, and then yeah. that's unfortunate. and It's unfair, but from the perspective of the 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 poor person who's sitting in an interrogation room, um, who probably doesn't have a public defender yet because they don't know not to talk to the police. And so they haven't even invoked the right to counsel yet. And so they haven't even met with a public defender who would have told them you should never, you don't need to be interrogated. You just say, I don't want to be here. I'm out. Uh, and, and, uh, and I'm not answering any more questions, um, blah, blah, blah. But in this horrible coercive situation, say you're completely innocent, but you know that your best chance for a deal is to, uh, uh is to cooperate. Uh, you may ha- give a false confession, on the basis of the fact that you are looking at this machine, and they're telling you this is an infallible machine that the jury will believe, and it's saying you're lying, you're lying, you're lying, you're guilty, you're guilty, guilty. Okay, great, I'm going to get convicted. I'm screwed. This is the end of me so, so This is the end of my life. The, I, I'm, so I'm being coerced, and I'll take. So the I'll short answer the is,
0: you think it was reversed. That's my version. That, that that's, that's essentially what you're saying. Yeah. Before I tell you whether. you're No, right I need wrong, to know. Before I tell you whether you're, I want to ask you a question. You seem to be focusing on the fact that he's you know, told there's this wonder machine. What if instead. The two cops are sitting there and the cop says, all right, young fella, I've been doing this for 35 years and I have like a supernatural, supernatural. ability to tell whether somebody's lying. And I'm I telling can. you right here, you're lying. You're going to go down. You're going to do right. a hard time. Right, right, right. And Buford here, my partner here, is going to yeah. back me up on yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. I know who's lying mm-hmm. now. Are you going to confess? And he said, all right, you got me. You got me. If you've got this supernatural ability. In that case, would would that be reversible?
1: I've seen a lot of cop shows about psychic detectives who come in to consult for the police department yeah. and they can tell who's lying. Uh, usually it's not so straightforward because that'd be a really boring show. Um, and in those they're shows... are always middle-aged women who are scam artists. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I think that... that like Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost. <laughs> I think that the defining characteristic of this show, uh, of this show, of this uh, scenario that we're talking about is the technological aspect. Okay. It's, it's okay. the person is going to hear, uh, is hearing, the jury's going to see the results of this lie detector test. Is That's all implied in this process. And you're going to lose because the jury's going to go, look, it's magical technology. We don't understand it. We don't need to understand it. So I think that's the difference. I think Buford is okay. I think all right, Fax good. Machine is not. So now you've earned uh, the answer. I'm going to yeah. tell you. You were right. The confession
0: yes. was totally Tossed out by the judge. Oh, and the PS kind of the happy ending to it. After the guy was released, he went out and became a serial killer for the next three decades. I don't
1: know that. I that's could have
0: made sad. that up. It's possible. <laughs> uh, folks, uh, the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. I got to tell you a little bit about it. Just, just you're going to want to see it. Our, our main topic is going to be: should crime victims be able to sue police departments? If they screw up and cause the crime that they were a victim of. Love well, we're, we're also going to talk about uh, whether a nude burglar who declared he owns the house he's burglarizing, whether he has a case, and finally, uh, guess the verdict, it'll involve loafing in prison. So we'll see if Connor can keep his winning streak going. We'll see you all next week on Too Many Lawyers.